Welcome into Pay Dirt Sports. This is Will Dunn, and I got Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett here. Guys, we had a big, big weekend of college football and the NFL, really. Yeah. But let's start with uh, college football. Any games in particular stick out to y'all? I know there's honestly plenty to choose from. Upsets, big teams getting scared, really, was the main, I feel like, uh, theme over the weekend. A lot of teams almost oh, yeah. losing. But yeah, what stick out to y'all? I mean, I think uh, there there are plenty of games to go over, and we can kind of go over um, our team's games at the end here. Uh, but the first game that I wanted to look at was LSU-Alabama. Um, and Alabama kind of just continues to to not look as great as they did in the beginning of the season. I mean, they uh, gave LSU a lot of chances to be back in the game. Bryce Young doesn't look great. The defense held up just fine, but I think that was also in part to LSU's quarterback just being terrible. Yeah, and I didn't get to watch a whole lot of this game. We saw bits and pieces of it as I was watching the Tennessee game. And like you, you mentioned Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is really good in the right situations, not not yeah. unlike a lot of quarterbacks. But yeah, this Tide team seems to be just a little more human Yeah, is a good way to put it, I think, than the past Tide teams. They're still very good. They're still one of the best teams in football, yeah, I'll give them that. But they, to me, seem like any given week they could go down, especially in this year in college football where so many teams are good, really. Yeah, really the only team that we've seen separate themselves completely is Georgia. And even then... I've looked at I looked back at their schedule, and if you look at it now, there's not a ton of impressive wins on there. Yeah, Florida's not that impressive. Mm-mm. Clemson at the beginning of the season that everyone thought was going to be an insane matchup, and it was. It was ten to three game, but that's not an impressive win right now either. So this Bama team, I don't know. I can't I can't get a. It's totally, hard to get a feel for them really yet. Yeah, because they still have the talent, right? Yeah. And it's still Saban. You never want to bet against them. I'm really interested to see what they do when they play another top-tier team, or even in kind of like the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm excited there. to see the Iron Bowl. And then, I mean, if they win that and things go right for them, they win the SEC West uh, and play against Georgia, I think that'll be a really, really good game to see. Um, But kind of running through the – Next game's here. Purdue with another upset. I mean, they just like keep it rolling this season, man. They lose crappy games but are knocking off top five teams. They just enjoy beating top yeah. five teams, apparently. That was Iowa two? Iowa was two, I right? think so. So that's, At the time that's of them two beating them. top three wins this season for Purdue. And they're about to get another sh- chance. I think they play Ohio State this weekend. Yeah. And we saw Ohio State. We'll talk about that in a second. But struggle against Nebraska, not unlike a lot of other top ten teams have. But still... Another team that looks very beatable. All these top five teams have not separated themselves enough for me to just say, oh yeah, chalk that one up as W. No. Especially in conference play, especially towards the end of the year where anything can happen and where playoff implications are on the line. We don't know who's going from the Big Ten just yet. But yeah, I mean, Michigan State goes down to Purdue. And really that game, it, it was close at some points, but Purdue seemed to have a handle on it pretty much all game, which I found amusing is a good way to put it. Jeff Brom is the most up-and-down coach, I feel like, in college football right now. People were super high on him. Then he has a couple years that you would kind of expect Purdue to have. And now he's back. What are they, 5-3 and now? Yeah, they are 6-3. and 4-2 in the Big Ten. 6-3 with two top three wins. I mean, Purdue, you got to be. I was watching that game and saw a full Purdue stadium, and I don't think I've ever watched a Purdue game where that happened. 
my dad and his buddies went to a Nebraska-Purdue game at Purdue a few years ago. And he said they basically got to choose their seats. They walked all the way down to the front row and just sat wherever they wanted. It was like a Vandy game. But yeah, Purdue, man. They keep churning them out. They're turning around. Do you think Drew Brees has sold his soul after his NFL career just so that that his alma mater can be better at football? It's possible. I could see Drew Brees kind of having like a secret like that. A little off topic. A guy I thought that could fit really well at Purdue if he chose to transfer there, Harrison Bailey. Oh, Harrison Bailey. I was going to say Garantano, but then... Thinking about that, he nah, he's nah, not nah. a good fit anywhere. But Bailey, but Bailey I could see yeah. Bailey being like a perfect Purdue type quarterback. I could see sit that. in the pocket, yeah. throw it around. He, a little he looks bit. like a Big Ten guy. Yeah, I could see that. He's but not well, built for the SEC. It. I don't even understand. There's several six and three teams in the top twenty five, and Purdue is not one of them. They might. I mean, uh, it, are, is the national media disrespecting Purdue? They're not in the top twenty five in the AP poll, I guess. Well, because the playoff poll will come out what Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah, so they're not in the AP poll. Not twenty five. I feel like they'll have to get some respect in the yeah, playoff. Yeah, I feel like the playoff because you you can tell the playoff committee and the AP or uh, voters are very different with how Cincinnati is ranked. Because I mean, uh, initially they were three, and then the uh, playoff committee came out and said what they were like eight or six, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. six. Yeah. So there was definitely some initial differences, and I think they might have e- evened out a little bit, but there's definitely some differences in the voters, so it's it's interesting to see how that plays out. It's funny you say that, too, because a lot of people, after that Cincinnati game where they Tulsa gave them a real scare at the end there, yeah. uh, they ended up winning the fum- by eight. That's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what play they were trying to run. They just fumbled the snap, or like they were trying to when kneel it. When the quarterback or- like, could have scored a touchdown earlier and like, slid into the end zone yeah. it's like dude you gotta dive like this is yeah your your season's on the line like or not maybe not your season but you got a chance to be the top team in yeah. the country he slides instead of diving in and he doesn't get it because his knee and i mean down. they still were down eight they had to get the two-point conversion then yeah. go to probably or then go to overtime i mean right it, it, was, it was a scare is what it was it yeah was, we don't know what would have happened if they could have gotten to overtime or if they would have scored a touchdown if they would have gotten the two-point conversion either way a lot of people were running saying, hey, this is why Cincinnati, they can't keep up. But you had all these other teams in the top five having close games yeah. like Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan State losing. And I know Tulsa's probably not to the level of LSU or Nebraska or uh, Purdue. Definitely not Purdue, but I mean, LSU and Nebraska, I know Tulsa has a losing record and it's in a weak conference. But I can't say for sure that either of those other teams come out and like are that much better than Tulsa, you know? Yeah. I think LSU maybe, but Nebraska, they play to their competition, yeah, whoever mean, it is. So Speaking of Nebraska, what about all the coaches' situation? We, we can dive. Do we want to dive into that right now? I mean, why don't, yeah, why don't we take a little break from uh, our normal college football? I want to hear a take from Will Dunnan himself. I mean, a lot has come out today, obviously. So, Some so serious changes. At Nebraska, the AD, Trev Alberts, and Coach Scott Frost both came out with statements today. In, in short, basically what was said is we're like Scott Frost will be the coach next year, like no matter what. Uh, they said, you know, they can, they've seen progress, which I don't disagree with. But not it's a hard, lot of it's progress. It's hard to – the thing is, is progress, you can see it in wins and losses, right? But you also see you've got four top ten teams on the schedule this year, and you go down to the wire with all of them, and you don't win. 
But at least you're competitive. But at least you're competitive. But I like no one cares about that. No. You got to win one eventually. So it, it's a weird situation. I don't. I don't hate the move. And I said it on this podcast last week or the week before. Whatever happens, something has to change. Like he's gonna yeah. have to get rid of coaches, and immediately, like ten minutes after that statement, it's it's announced that Frost is fired. Offense coordinator, offensive line coach, QB coach, running back coach. Those are the top four that come to mind. And I loved all of those, except for I actually liked our running back coach, Ryan Held. He actually played at Nebraska a while ago. And is a good recruiter. Yeah. But obviously just not. Our running backs haven't been anything super impressive since he's been there. But it was hard for me to kind of swallow that because our offensive line has been so bad, and I blame the offensive line coach more than anything. But either way, those guys are all out. I'm really interested to see what Frost does to go out and get an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Because I think you got to go find a guy. Don't don't just hire one of your buddies. Find a guy who's proven, who's done it, who you know can come in and coach offense. And maybe, I mean, you're not going to run a different system, but, but find a guy make who's some had tweaks. Su- yeah, make like, some tweaks. Find someone who's just had success in college football running an offense. I mean, these guys that he's had before weren't anything special. We had... Uh, Lubick was the one who got fired, but the one before him, Troy Walters, was I think okay. But and when he left, it was kind of a weird. Did they, did him and Frost have maybe kind of some? Did they butt heads a lot? I, I don't know. Yeah, because if that's the case, then maybe it's hard for Frost to kind of totally give over the reins to the offense, which I think Frost is a great offensive mind. We saw that at UCF and Oregon, but yeah. obviously the Big Ten has caused him to have to tweak his offense a little, and he finally did it. But I don't know. I don't know if the best – like, I don't know if he needs to be calling plays all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, Heupel's shown he can do it at UT, and it's working effectively. I don't I don't know what the answer is there, but I'm excited there's going to be some change in coaching. Now it's – the big question mark is, will Adrian Martinez come back next year? And that's another one. So many fans, just as they were split on Frost uh, getting fired or coming split back. Split on Adrian. So many are split on Adrian because – I mean, he's the reason you were in all of those games, but he also kind of choked at the end. Yeah. Some directly on him, some you can't really blame him for, but either way, the guy hasn't won any big games really since he's been there. So all in all, I'm I'm glad that – I think I'm glad Frost is going to be back next year. Yeah. I think – here's the thing. The schedule is way easier next year. So, I mean, if they're <laughs> – I I will not be happy with even six wins. Like if we get if we have six wins next year, I think I'll be a little sick because then I, I'll Would, start. Thinking, are you saying seven or eight next yeah, year? Yeah, you got to win seven or eight with the schedule you have. You don't have near as tough a schedule as you do this year. Yeah, and it's it's so hard to gauge, right? Because you haven't won a lot of games, so how can you get mad at a bowl game appearance? But you got to have. I mean, year five, you got to have a big jump, or it's just. I'm gonna lose a lot of hope, and I'm just yeah. gonna I'm gonna turn over to it's just not gonna happen if he can't do it next year. Because I mean, I feel like five years is the good amount of time to give a football coach where you really have all the opportunities to win if you're going to win. I think so. Yeah, you have the time to get your guys, develop them, get your coaches in there, input your system, really do everything. So the, the last thing I'll say about it, um, I'm glad they came out and made the decision and let let it be known to the public now. So, I mean, it's over with, right? Like, yeah. you know what's going to happen no matter these last two games. doesn't matter. The talk's over. You might lose these last two games. You might pull one or two off. And 
I'll be really happy if you if they won the last two. That would be as good as a bowl berth to me. Like I would be as happy with that. Just knocking off uh, Wisconsin, who you haven't beaten in a while, and Iowa, who I feel like they haven't beaten in a long time either. Those would both be huge. Iowa might be a ranked team by the time they play them. I don't know, but yeah, I'm glad they went ahead and announced it. So that's just out the window. No one has to argue about that or wonder about it. And now it's time go find some other coaches. Go out there and get some. The thing that is kind of, I don't know, at least Scott Frost is going to get a second start, but it's kind of frustrating as a fan because now you have to go through the whole process of, okay, he's got to bring new guys in here. Are you going to lose some recruits that some of these guys that got fired brought in? Yeah, It's like you're starting over in the middle of, it's just like a second start. So it's kind of, you want. Are you having you want, a rebuild on yeah, the rebuild? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're having it's the rebuild to the rebuild. Like you want to have something come in, a guy come in and go ahead and get it done. The first, not to compare A and M and Nebraska, but Jimbo Fisher comes in and he's just been steadily increasing the whole time. So as a fan, I'm sure it's frustrating. Even though it looks like this is the right move to get the team back on track, it's frustrating that you have to kind of wait again to see what they can become. Right, and that's kind of why I didn't love the firing of Ryan Held, the running backs coach, because he was such a good recruiter, I thought, and I thought players really liked him. Yeah. But neither here nor there. It's not a huge loss, I don't think. But, yeah, I agree with that. It's weird because the problem is is there is no more leash. Next season is it. You can't make the excuse like, oh, well, he had to get new coaches and maybe they lost recruits. The yeah. recruiting ranking is awful for Nebraska. I think they're like 70 right now. Oh, that's they bad. Yeah, but no that's going to change. I mean, it'll it'll yeah. change, right? And Frost talked about getting a lot of JUCO guys, which I think is the best way to go. Like, you need guys in there now. Yeah, and you players had a, who are ready. You He's had like, a ton of success with getting Samari Toure from Montana last year, who's now on the Bolitnikoff watch list, who had four catches for 150 yards against Ohio that's State. That's yeah. a touchdown, yeah. Uh, he had a he seventy. He that transfer portal. Yeah, he had a seventy-plus yard touchdown catch and another fifty-three yard almost touchdown catch. Um, but yeah, I think that's the way to go. And there's no excuses anymore. This is it. That I and people that probably sounds like a broken record to people on the outside that aren't Nebraska fans. But I truly believe you got to make a huge jump this next yeah. year. You got to win. You have to win seven games for people to really have hope that this is going to work. Because if you don't, I think you got to. Cut it off, start fresh. Sadly, for all the fans that really wanted this to work, I think you got to yeah. just cut it off if you don't see massive improvement next year. No matter who you have on the staff, or who your players are, who comes back, who doesn't come back, you got. You've had enough. You just yeah. have to do it. And this is good because when we were talking about it last week, should they fire Frost? Should they keep him? And you were like, well, if they fire him, I don't know what kind of coach they're going to get. So if it doesn't work out next year and they fire him maybe the coaching market will be a little bit better for Nebraska than it would be this offseason. Yeah, maybe. If, if everything went bad, right, which would it, also it, suck it very, for you. It very, <laughs> well, it very well could. I don't have any uh, – I don't necessarily have a lot of – I don't want to say hope. Like I, I, I hope he can do well. Yeah. But it's more of a I'm just going to watch the season and see how it goes. You You get to start off next year – you play Northwestern first game again. You play another Big Ten Purple opponent Vandy. first game again. So you got to come out and win that game and then play your two like kind of cupcake games against, I think, Georgia Southern and North Dakota. Because yeah. then, guess what? Oklahoma's coming to Lincoln for the rematch That'll be of awesome. this year. 
It will be awesome. And you almost beat them this year, so you got a chance, especially if you're 3-0, and create some hype and maybe get that first big win everyone's yeah. been waiting for. But you gotta you got to start off 3-0 and next year for sure because Northwestern You can't have any slip-up games. Yeah. Like because if you lose that first game to Northwestern, it's season that's, that's might a as game. Well be over. That's a game you got to put on like your top five easiest games. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's not going to be good if you don't do that. But yeah, so there's the the Husker segment. Um, also wanted to cover because uh, we've kind of been on a theme here of top ten teams losing. What about North Carolina um, and Wake Forest right here? Wake Forest losing 55-58 to 58 in an absolute shootout. Dude, and I, I feel for Sam Hartman. I like him, dude. His story, how his uh, older uh, brother what killed himself. Did he commit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had some kind of mental health issues. and Kind of like an, ado- it was an yeah, adopted Yeah, it was an adopted brother, brother yeah. something like that, or a family friend that lived with him. I can't remember the exact situation, but it was basically his brother. Um, so I know he was a big part of the reason he plays football. So definitely always rooting for Sam Hartman, but they couldn't, uh, pull it off this past weekend. Yeah. Cause that goes, I mean, there goes their playoff hopes if they had them. I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Right. Um, in I don't know locker. if a lot of people had a yeah. ton of faith, but th- I mean, I thought they had a real chance of winning out. Yeah. I saw no one else in the ACC that was great. You know, they, off, obviously they had the offense. I mean, it sucks when you score 55 points and lose. I yeah. Mean, with gosh. Ty Chandler with 213 yards and four touchdowns. For North Carolina, yeah. Man. And I think Wake Forest oh, yeah. I think Wake Forest was actually up 14 in the fourth quarter. And apparently it was the same story last year in North Carolina beat them. So that's two years in a row. North gosh. Carolina's overcome a 14-point fourth quarter deficit to I've- beat them. I've heard some noise that Ty Chandler might end up getting drafted now in like the third or fourth round. I mean, maybe. I mean, he's had a pretty good year. Yeah, like I was never super impressed with him at Tennessee, though. I don't know. I, I don't really have any opinion. He on was that. he I'll was one of the best him. high school players I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I he remember him. I mean, he he, he just can run the ball and like he'll run you over. He'll outrun you. I mean, he's like Derrick he puts up. 200 plus yards against a top 10 team. I mean, he could very well get drafted. Yeah, well, high. but it's a top 10 team with no defense. Yeah. Yeah, you know that Still Wake top Forest 10. defense is Still no top good. 10. Um, but moving down here, we had the uh Freeze rematch. Here. And it wasn't a blowout. No, it wasn't. I mean, Hugh Freeze kept it close. Liberty 7 and 3. Obviously, they have Malik Willis, one of the top uh quarterbacks coming out of this draft class. So, Liberty's I guess they're legit. They were, and they finished ranked last year. I know that. Yeah, I mean, twenty-seven to fourteen against what's Ole Miss ranked? Uh, sixteen. Yeah. So you can't ask for much more. That guy's he's got to get hired by someone. Someone's got to pick him up. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're gonna steal him away at some point. I don't know. I mean, but you, interesting. It's to always see. a risk hiring a guy like that, though. Interesting nah, to see. He's, he's been forgiven. Ole Miss with such a high-powered offense only put up twenty-seven yeah. against. You know, tough a smaller school, yeah, like Liberty. And I feel like you have to chalk that up to coaching, kind of. I mean, to be able to, because obviously the talent is all like Ole Miss's talent over Liberty's is oh yeah, oh yeah, outside of like Willis on uh, Liberty, yeah, and really with if Corral wasn't hurt, they like that's even talent right there. So yeah, so oh yeah, Corral did Corral play. He did, um, oh, but I, I mean, he's kind of banged guy, up. Like I, I don't think did. you can kind of 
fully count it as uh, him being um, fully healthy, but he did play. Went uh, 20 for 27, 320 yards, so played pretty well, but only one touchdown. Um, but I know he's a little banged up from uh, that injury the other week. I want to talk real quick. I'm just seeing this on the scoreboard. What is Illinois' record now? So they just beat a ranked Minnesota team. Four and six. Three and four in the Big Ten, though. After so they're, they're, I mean, they beat Penn State, and now they beat a ranked uh, Minnesota. Minnesota team. Hey, Bielema might, might be getting something running there. Yeah. Four and six. I don't know who they have left. I assume – I feel like they've played kind of the – yeah, see if we can see what they're – who they have left. Oh, Iowa and Northwestern. I mean, honestly, the way Iowa is – Illinois they could win both chance. of those. Yeah, yeah. They, they really could. They could easily lose both of them. But I'm just saying, if if you were looking for a chance, there's one there. Four and six win the last two. Who knows? Does that make you feel better about yeah. Nebraska, the no. first game of the year? No. Well, I thought I'd try. Well, if Illinois finished six and six, look a little better on you guys. Wisconsin yeah. beat down on Rutgers. That's ugly. Yeah. What kind of what happened to them? Rutgers started off the season hot and then have. Kind of just they got pummeled by Ohio State um, a month or two ago, and then haven't uh, really recovered since. I just they're still Rutgers. I have to yeah. think. I think they're good enough to give some teams some scares every now and then. You know, once in a blue moon. Yeah, but they, they're not they're not terrible like they were a couple of years ago. But yeah, I mean sometimes it's. I think Shiano's done a pretty good job there since he's been back. But their recruiting is up a lot. So I mean that's the other thing. It might be something to look at in the next few years. He's like, I mean, what's their record right now? I assume it's not very good. Four and five. I mean, if they get to a bowl game. Yeah, he, but like, I don't think he's... One in five in the Big Ten. He, well, <laughs> yeah, that's not great. I don't think he's going anywhere, though, no matter... No, I mean, he unless is he just goes like, football. Unless he goes three and nine, like, three years in a row. I don't think they're getting rid of him. They know what... They know what the legacy is there, and they know. Yeah, I mean, he he's got already to a had a couple good win years. Season. Yeah, ten exactly. win season, something like that. So let's let's jump in. Were there any other big games we wanted to cover before we kind of got into our teams? No, we want to we want to cover our teams. Uh, or I feel like there's one that we're missing. What do you think? I don't race? remember, but there was. I thought there might have been one. I could be wrong, but we can we can come back to it. Um, we can hit Tennessee, Kentucky really quick, and then Reese, you want to talk about uh, Auburn A and M after yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Tennessee, Kentucky, talk about a shootout, and it seemed like neither defense knew what was going on. Um, I kind of felt a little bad for Will Levis at the end there when he was. I mean, the cam, all the cameras were zooming in right on him, and he's obviously clearly emotional, about to tear up, and. No, played. he was he was crying. Yeah, he was crying. I mean, he was. I mean, he had played his heart out though, dude. He played so well, and the defense just <laughs> completely gave out. And Kentucky Kentuckied. So well, and so we were watching the game together, and you and one yeah. of our other buddies were mentioning that, like, oh, I kind of feel bad for him, dude. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> the dude's an SEC quarterback. People face adversity. He'll be all right. Yeah, but I will say. And, yeah, that's another thing, kind of similar to the Wake Forest game. It sucks when Kentucky did whatever they wanted on offense the whole oh, yeah. night. There wasn't a punt in the entire game, am I no. correct? They had, I think they had more yards, something like double or triple the time of possession, um, didn't punt the entire game, and we still beat them. 
Yeah, and I will say though, I mean, Will Levis threw a pick six. Like that was Yeah. When when neither defense can stop the other, you that, can't turn the ball over. And we we uh, Tennessee turned the ball over a couple times, but when yeah. you turn it over and it directly turns into points, yeah, tough scene. But Tennessee's offense did what they did. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hendon Hendo Cinco continues to impress. I mean, that dude, he will have to be on the Heisman watch list next year. I think he will, for sure. I mean, his stats are, like, unreal. Oh, he's going to stay another year at Tennessee? Actually, would, wait, whoa, whoa. I would think so. Is he not considered a senior, though? No, he's eligible to stay another year. I'm positive on that. Okay, like, good deal. No, that's hype. Not. That's hype for the Vols. Hype for him, too. Yeah. yeah. Another, he'll be, I mean, I, he doesn't Especially, fit, like, a typical pro-style guy to me. Uh but you have another huge year at Tennessee, you'll get drafted. You know who he kind of reminds me of? Who? Nick Marshall. I could kind of see he he's a gamer like Nick Marshall. Yeah. He's I a gamer. See it. Yeah, they just kind of have the same like play style like, well, I don't know. I think Nick Marshall could run a little bit better than Yeah, Hooker, no, he could. That, for the sure. only Hooker's kind of a But they have like the same throwing motion, I feel like. Oh, okay. He's and they just a, they have the same build. They're not, you know, He's got a weird running ability because he's not super fast, or he doesn't. His first step isn't super quick. Mm-hmm. Like I he's mean, not going to take off, but he's. I mean, yeah. he's really. I mean, good he's, enough to break off a twenty-yard run or something. Yeah. You know, his stats are. He's so accurate. Is the thing he's sixty-nine uh, percent completion percentage, twenty-one touchdowns to two interceptions. And you don't realize it necessarily a lot because you see these wide open deep it's, throws. Yeah. And but, you're like, oh, it's wide open, and he puts it right on the money, and you're just like, oh, big play. But really, when you break down and think about it, like guys he, miss those all the time. Oh and my! Just, well, you saw. Imagine how many Milton missed. Yeah, you yeah saw I would say Milton you saw did. what Joe Milton did. I mean, it was terrible. It's night and day. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Tennessee going off, scoring forty-five, and a lot of people were nervous when that last kick, uh, McGrath, like just botched it and yeah. we were like oh man we're not winning like, this game here we go <laughs> but so what it did the offense they did turn it over a couple times i know they fumbled earlier and did they fumble twice or did he did he throw a pick i think uh yeah he did or no he didn't throw a pick okay there must have been i feel like there were two turnovers i feel like there may have been two fumbles i know there was one of the like early in the game that kind of kept a minute because tennessee kind of had a chance a couple times to shut the door a little bit you know get up by two scores and so, I think at one point they were up after that pick six, and I was like, okay, as long as they just stay up two scores or maybe score again, like this game's over because they're just going to keep scoring. Yeah, Hooker uh, fumbled. He fumbled three times, but he only lost one of them. Okay. So that's what it was. But, yeah, he was uh, pretty loose with the ball. But he was also getting clobbered by Kentucky's defensive line, and they were rocking. So um, got to give credit to them, of course. But another good game from Hendon Hooker. Adding to the stat line. Yeah. And and if you're a Tennessee fan, it just always feels nice to be Kentucky. That's yeah, what you it do. It feels right. It feels right. At I Kroger Field. I hope that some of the Tennessee players disrespected Kroger Field. Oh, yeah. They, uh, did you see uh, it's Snow Angels? After the game, they went out to the middle of the Kentucky's logo or oh, the middle they, of their stadium. Did they plant a flag, Baker Mayfield nah. style? They just kind of sat on it. And they were just like, yeah, they were out, like, honestly. it was like the whole team, or not the whole team, but a lot of the players went out there and were just kind of playing around on their logo after the game. And it this was, is it really, was pretty disrespectful, and I liked it a lot. This is really kind of a dagger to Kentucky's season because Kentucky, they've been solid so far. I mean, I think they're still second in the East behind Georgia, but 
they've had a really good season and, and might have been looking like, oh, Mark Stoops has actually done something, and then you just you drop a heartbreaker. It's sad. Yeah, and I mean, I was looking at uh, all the Kentucky fans' tweets after the game, and I mean, they're just so sad. They're like, this happens every year. How does this happen? You've lost a fan base. Let's get to basketball season. Screw this. We're done. We're I mean, done. I think it's 34 of the last 37. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, something that's, crazy like that's that. That's bad. Well, and before Kentucky beat Florida a couple years ago, I think it was like 30 years in a row they had lost to Florida. I mean, just oh, yeah. the night. Like, and I think, I mean, to my knowledge, those are the two rivals for Kentucky. Yeah, Tennessee and Florida. And you just haven't well, won in so long. Like, that's got to be if you're, painful. If you're a Wildcat fan, at least you're not a Vanderbilt fan. Yeah. I mean, really, the, the curse all started with Kentucky. They should have never uh, – you know Bear Bryant started at Kentucky, right? I didn't know he started. So, he did he end at A&M then? No, he or ended he, at I Bama. He, he was at A&M for okay, like three years. I thought years. he was at Kentucky later. In the Junction career. Boys, that was Bear Bryant. Yeah, why don't we take a little look at Bear Bryant because he uh, – he kind of moved around a little bit. Obviously, everyone knows him as Alabama. But, yeah, so he was Kentucky, A&M, Alabama. That's um, crazy. And Maryland for a year. Oh, yeah, Maryland. I didn't even see that right that's there. random. He, I feel like there's never been a coach, like with that resume, that's been a coach at that many schools. Yeah, I mean, Nick Saban. LSU and Bama. Yeah. You can count us to I guess NFL you can say maybe, Urban Meyer. Not, like I guess you could saying. say Urban Meyer kind of has a little bit of that going on. Yeah, Utah. He had Florida, a dynasty. Ohio State, I mean, he had a yeah. dynasty at Florida, a dynasty at Ohio State. Um, I mean, I guess you can call it a dynasty. But yeah, Bear Bryant. I mean, a lot of people just only know him as the Bama coach. Yeah, he, he worked. He worked his way up. He was a AD. Um, uh, while his tenure at A and M as well, so he was the head coach and athletic director. Yeah, back in the day, that's, many talents. Yeah, back in the day, that was pretty much a thing. Yeah, it was probably a lot more common. Than it's it like high school coaches. I mean, a lot of times they're the athletic director, the football coach. That's right. Back in the day when football was still spreading its wings, becoming America's sport. Um, another game I want to mention real quick before we hop into A and M, Florida. Gets stomped Ugh, by South, South Carolina. Oh yeah, by South Carolina, and they got destroyed. What South Carolina put up forty two or forty something? Uh, yeah, like that? I think it was forty one or something. Yeah, uh, and you have it was very easy to tell. You have a guy in Beamer who has been there this year. I'm happy for him. And yeah, you have a, a guy word. in Mullen who is in his fourth year. Get and, completely outcoached. Well, and you, it was it was almost more so. A lot of Florida fans are talking about Mullen losing the locker room. Yeah, you have a guy in Beamer who you could just tell his guys were playing so much harder for him. Oh, yeah. than these Florida guys were playing for Mullen. Because I I think if you're a Florida player and you love and you're giving it all because you've you've heard the murmurs. I mean, people are starting to talk, and especially after the South Carolina game. People were asking if Mullen was going to even get on the plane ride home or whatever, you know. Yikes! I mean, that I think that's a huge storyline that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, because Florida's a little different than because I'm I might sound hypocritical talking about Nebraska and then talking about Florida, but you know, Florida's a little different as far as where the program was when he took it over, and just the talent. That is yeah, I mean, always going to come in no matter who's the coach there. Just well, all that talent in your backyard. 
I I really don't see a situation where Mullen is back there next year. I, really? Can you pull out? Can you pull up the Florida schedule real quick? Well, they 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 did fire the defensive coordinator today, right? And or yesterday. People, unless like that's a AD thing saying like, "Hey, you got to get ready your coaches, or you won't be here." I'm wondering if it's a Mullen just trying to douse the fire a little bit and saying like, "Hey, I'll yeah. get rid of this guy, so let me come back next year." Yeah, it does look like they got a pretty Samford, Missouri, Florida State. Right. Well, I they should win the rest of those. They should win yeah. the rest, so they'll end up. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, they got beat forty to seventeen by, by South, South Carolina. Carolina, and Missouri's right on South Carolina's level. So, and yeah, and what if that's the thing? If they lose to Missouri or Florida State, don't don't throw Samford out either. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. This this season's crazy. But if they lose to one of those teams at the end of the season in Missouri go. or Florida State, like those teams suck. They are yeah. bad. Like and Florida at this point, hey, you saw the season they had last year with Trask and all the success of their defense and running the ball. You I mean, can't had, fall to Well, and Mullen's supposed to be the QB whisperer, too. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to Ed Orgeron. I mean, they cut Cut his head off real quick. I mean, Dan Mullen could be up on the but, chopping but block. But that's next. the thing: who, if Florida fires him, who are they going to get? I don't know. That's yeah, and I think this this John could Gruden? be this. <laughs> <laughs> he might be done. This could be an overreaction, right? Obviously, that's the first thing a lot of people are going to say. Hey, everyone's totally overreacting. But in this day and age in college football, that's what happens. Yeah, you you drop a year, especially at a big time program. You're done. They're, these fan bases are ready to chop your head off like immediately. Like they want you gone. And I, I agree. I don't. I don't know who they would go out and get necessarily. But, Butch Jones. I mean, I'm sure there's there's guys out there. There's that, guys out yeah, there that could, or guys with would, Florida ties. Would, okay. Well, yeah. remember we talked about this. We were talking. You know, when the Coach O news came out, we're like, would Lane Kiffin go there? Would Lane Kiffin go to Florida? Nah, I don't know. I, I truly. But don't he know. does have no loyalty. I mean, that dude is a well in Florida slime ball. Is in a similar Florida, similarly to LSU and USC. They don't just have to find a guy who isn't a head coach right now or is a low like. Yeah, they can steal a guy from yeah. another school. They're in that position because they have the the They're reputation that good of a job. and the cupboard's not bare. The clout. They have clout. Yeah. Right. They have the clout and they have you're not just gonna come in and build it from the ground up. Like there's oh. there's pieces there. And if yeah. you're if you're a coach and you, you know, say you're coaching at Washington or Utah or, you know, I don't know, somewhere else random like that, you wanna go to Florida because of the recruiting you can do there. Well, we're talking about James Franklin maybe going to USC, you know. That it, this is a similar situation. You could pull a guy from the Big Ten or the Pac twelve or who knows the SEC or definitely the ACC, you could pull a guy over to Florida. Yeah. Like the Cincinnati coach. Yeah. Luke Fickle. I mean, yeah, he's a guy uh, you could go after. I mean, Florida, going from Cincinnati to Florida, I would think is an upgrade. Yeah, it's another. The the thing I've kind of repeated about Luke Fickle is, does he want, like, the right fit? I don't know yeah. if, if, like, an SC. I feel like he's got those Big Ten ties. And, however, Ooh. he's an Ohio State guy, and we said we don't think that job's opening up, so maybe he would be open to... Yeah. Grabbing a job somewhere else. But and this I, is all I, just hypotheticals. It is. It is. But I, I have no idea how it's going to play out. But I truly think Dan Mullen will be gone. Damn. I could see it. Just the way his team's trending, especially after losing a game like that, they could totally lose one of those games. But 
Did you did you notice who didn't play for Florida on Saturday? Did Richardson not play? Richardson didn't play. Do you guys know why? He had the flu, right? Here is the headline on ESPN, and then I'll get into the details. Florida Gators coach Dan Mullen says quarterback Anthony Richardson injured knee while dancing at the team hotel. That's sketchy. That's rough. There's no way that's actually what happened. He got cleared for a concussion after Georgia. He got cleared on Thursday. And apparently he injured his knee while dancing at the hotel the night before a 40 to 17 loss There's against no South Carolina. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a Butch Jones, someone tripped on a helmet. Yes. Type and I was situation. about to bring that up. We like, I'm not going to name any names, but we knew players on the football team personally and talked to them about situations um, inside the locker room. And we know co- coaches will flat out lie to the media about what happens inside the locker room so right because you're not gonna say there's problems in the locker room that's a death sentence yeah because you've lost the team if that's the case yeah so coaches will certainly lie about those things injured that sounds like there might have been some kind of fight or something like players pissed off at each other and that's exactly what was happening at tennessee and you saw everything yeah, crumble. Yeah, guys are wrestling the locker room or something. And the guy yeah. hurts his knee easily. That could totally be the case. I don't. We, right. And Again, we're, we're speculating. In, yeah. So we don't. Know. But in twenty twenty one, this could be a TikTok related injury. Yeah, he could have actually been doing a TikTok. He could have been doing the trying renegade, to, trying to do the Alante Taylor shimmy. The shimmy, yeah, that was pretty epic. That we, that's kind of my two cents on the Dan Mullen situation. I'm super excited. That's going to be a huge storyline the rest of the year. I'm super excited to see how it plays out. But, Reese, go ahead and get into your experience yeah. in uh, College Station this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, I went back. Probably the last time I will be back to AM in a while. But, you know, 2.30 game of the week. Incredible atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, it was weird. It was like I haven't been to a day game at AM in a while. And it felt good. And AM comes out, and this was just a battle in the trenches. Defensive ball game. There wasn't even an offensive touchdown. But... Like I told you guys, AM had two weeks to get rested and repaired or prepared for this game. And people were saying, oh, Auburn, you know, Auburn was ranked higher than we were. Yeah. And, you know, Auburn's been hot. They're, they're doing good things. Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby. Well, guess what? The Aggies took care of business. The and, Aggie defense is something special. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm going to read some stats about the Aggie defense. I have a, I mean, according to this Twitter thing, it's my theory might be correct. But, also, I mentioned it uh, last week. So there was like 109,800 people at the game. Second Jeez. second most in A&M history. And I told I said to you guys like this the crowd is going to make a difference and I really think it did. How did I've always wondered that. How do you like how were there that many people in the game? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. I don't know how they measure it, but somehow it doesn't they do. like it doesn't hold that many. So are you yeah. do they allow people to just I mean, I've made tickets. it into Neyland Stadium without a ticket before, so well, yeah, but it's how did, possible. But I'm saying... Like, I don't know how they count they, it. They weren't able to count that, right? Unless it's like a ticker thing. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But second largest crowd in Kyle Field history made a difference. The defense is just... They play, they're they playing so well. I mean, we're getting a bunch of sacks and just tackling well in space. A&M is... is I don't know. I, I think... We've got a shot to win the rest of our games. I mean, this one, and then we have to play Ole Miss. Like, those were the only ones I kind of looked at at the end of the year and being like, oh, well, 
might be a tough game, and here we go. We we knock off Auburn. Knock off Auburn. I mean, that's got to be a huge win. Yeah, and because gonna, just like you said, they were getting rolling. And I'm going to get into these uh, stats as soon as I can pull them up. But A and M's defense is is just they've been beast mode the past several weeks. So it might sound ridiculous, but I think the Aggies have a better defense than the world beaters and number one team in the country, Georgia. Really? So the last three teams that Texas A&M played are common opponents with Georgia. And when you compare those three games, A&M to Georgia against those opponents, the numbers might shock some people. So in three games against South Carolina, Auburn, and Missouri, Georgia allowed 29 points. A&M allowed 31, so close there. Georgia allowed 298 yards per game. A&M only allowed 246. All three opponents averaged just over four yards a play against Georgia, and two out of the three averaged 3.25 and 3.23 against A&M. So the A&M defense allowed less yards per game and less average yards than Georgia. A&M allowed 29% third down uh, conversions for the other team. Georgia allowed 36 A&M had seven turnovers, and Georgia only had three. Forcing turnovers. Georgia had eight sacks. Texas A&M had nine. So if you ask me, Texas A&M has the best defense in the country. Hey, I mean, there's an argument there. Yeah, I mean, when you compare the last three games, common opponents between Georgia, who is, we everybody knows they're the best team in the country right now, and they have been all season. But when you compare the defensive stats, like A&M is just going off. It's at least on par, right? Because it's yeah. hard to to play that game sometimes. Like, oh, this team beat this team by yeah. this much, and this team only beat that team by that much. But it, when you're talking defensive statistics and seeing how a team just owned them defensively, they're doing the same things. They're getting yeah. sacks. They're getting turnovers. They're holding people to less yards. It's it's a great performance, no matter how you no matter how you kind of right. break it down on both sides. So no, I I agree. I think A and M's defense. And we might get a chance to see A and M and Georgia in the SEC championship. A and M is still very much in the hunt. Oh if, yeah, like Bama, if they drop a game, A and M's there. And they yeah. still, A&M's like A&M's, we said, they got to play the Iron Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and of course we have to win the rest of our games. We have Ole Miss this next weekend, um, and then Prairie View, which you know, whatever, and then LSU final game. So, I mean, those I mean, it, LSU. Is not going to be easy, and Ole Miss certainly won't. But no. Winnable games for sure. Definitely. And it's great for the AM offense to have, you know, we've got Calzada has been good ever since his struggles early on. I mean, he took down Bama, and he's been playing well so far, but our running backs are just insane. We had Isaiah Spiller had 112 yards, and Devon A. Chain had 98 yards. To have two guys on the same team in one game get 100 yards plus, I mean, you can win football games when you can rush the ball like that and have a defense that holds up. I was going to say, running the ball in good defense, no matter what day and age of football we're in. You will win. We'll, yeah, we'll never not Yeah, relate to success. Exactly. I mean, and Calzada didn't have a career day. He was... 15 of 29 for 192 yards. He didn't have a touchdown or an interception. So he didn't make any mistakes. But, you know, when you can just hand the ball off to these guys, I love I love that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what these rankings come out with tomorrow, especially 
with so many close games in the top five, see if guys drop, see if some other teams jump up. And we'll talk a little bit about it. I think we said it last week about Cincinnati especially. I noticed in the top five with a lot of people upset that Cincinnati was six or whatever. They Maybe it was some group of, group of five hate. But the teams in the top five, I looked at it and said it's – literally impossible for I think two of them to remain there because they're going to have to like play each other so and so yeah you know something like that's going to go on unless there's a weird uh situation where there's two SEC teams or something like that Cincinnati still has a good chance to get in and a team like Oklahoma that was the other thing so many people were screaming Oklahoma still up there Oklahoma is an undefeated power five team that was ranked eight or nine yeah behind Cincinnati so that wasn't really a good argument but yeah, the the playoff it, it it's shakes still, down. It, yeah. it, every year there's all these chaos situations, and it seems like it always kind of falls into the teams you thought were going to be there end up being there. And this year maybe the same, but we don't know. So it's going to be exciting. This year has been fun because obviously George has been at the top the whole time, but pretty much everything else is like still up in the air. You know, it's not the same Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, maybe you throw Oregon in there. You've got you know maybe seven or eight teams that still have a shot to get in to the four-team playoff. Right. And it could be the same it, it, it could it very well it could, could be, be but, but it's but, not for sure like it usually is at this point. Right, right. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I will say something about the Husker game real quick, even though we already talked Nebraska. I'll just cover real quick. Same old song and dance against the top 10 team. Defense, again, played great. Uh, Stroud actually threw for like 400 yards. But you pick them off twice. Yeah, you hold that's Ohio all you State need. to what twenty six, I think. I mean, this defense. If you look at the top ten teams they've played and the top ten teams' offensive averages, especially in points, Huskers are holding these teams to half of what they average. And I hate it because this defense deserves a good offense. If yeah, you have a good offense, have you are a great team. I mean, oh, it, it hurts to watch. But we'll we'll see how it breaks down the rest of the year but again like i said you scare them you got a chance and you just don't do it hopefully next year that changes a little bit but we'll see it remains to be seen trujillo you go ahead and uh give us our weekly oh. blue hose update yeah as we actually we forgot to do it last week didn't we, we? missed it last week uh, i apologize as i know many of our fans are big uh, blue hose fans as well but uh as always Besides last episode, I will uh, close out the college football here with the Presbyterian Blue Hose. Um, Ren Hefley, would I love to play in Kevin Kelly's offense? He threw for 544 yards, seven touchdowns. Now, he did throw three picks, and they did lose the game. But they only lost by 10 to Valparaiso, a legit program like it most people have heard well, of that school i think i think michael yeah. h coached there actually yeah a long everybody time ago. everybody knows valparaiso more for basketball but they're a legit enough program hey and they lost by 10 if presbyterian could get their defense right in which kevin kelly needs to get his guys in there two or three years they could be making some serious fcs noise if they get any defense <laughs> yeah at all did they punt let's uh do a little quick check um, wait a second. Looks like Presbyterian had three punts. Oh, my God. Oh, no. They're straying away from what they do best. 
Not yeah, playing. so it definitely came to a situation where he was like the game was really really they were close. on their side of the field and they were like we cannot afford to give the ball to these guys. Yeah, but I don't know. Don't don't start getting away from from your foundation. Look at Presbyterian's kicker here. Wow, out of Heritage High School, made a hundred percent of his field goals during his wow. senior season. That's electric. Of high school or now? Uh, during his senior season at Heritage High School, but still impressive. So has he kicked it all this year? Um, he field has goals, that is six punts, 193 yards. So six punts through what are we now? Seven games. <laughs> That's uh That's pretty below interesting. One but a game. He's 19 for 20 in extra points and zero for zero for field goals. Um. But I mean that's about it for the Presbyterian Blue Hose. We're we're making strides. Um, I mean Jalen Jones had 239 yards and five touchdowns. Like I said, it'd be fun to play in that Kevin Kelly offense. Yeah, just need to get the defense right. I'm just glad we're going to be able to say we were there from day one. That's right. As dynasty gets built, as the dynasty when it gets, gets built. to the top, when they get elevated to uh, FBS. Or, yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, they they'll be knocking off um, North Dakota State here soon. Oh yeah. Basically, take the reins uh, of suck on that Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, always like to get one over on Carson Wentz. Let's hop into NFL. Another good week. I'll kick it off with Browns Bengals. Browns absolutely donkey camped. We I think we Bengals. crowned the Bengals too early. We did. The Ravens. I mean, and they're still what five and three. They're still five in, and four. Five and four. Okay. I mean, but so are the Browns. Are in that in the Ravens? They won. They they squeaked out their game. So they're six and two. But I so, mean, Nick Chubb is so bad. The Bengals are still in the hunt. Well, and still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, yeah for sure. And that game, I just saw Joe Burrow throw that first pick six. Oh, that and was sad. From then yeah. on, he, I think I think they actually ended poorly. up scoring or something pretty soon, but. Browns just didn't let up and just kept scoring. That's so sad when you you're driving and you're down on the goal line and you throw one of those interceptions. And Joe Burrow tried he tried as hard he as tried. he could to go make that tackle and he just he just got all tangled up and fell over and looked it, it was just sad to watch him. It was almost worse than just getting juked clean out of your shoes. It was yeah. like he just fell he just and like rolled tripped. And, yeah. And, yeah, it was bad. And then the guy just takes it to the house right in front of you after you make a fool of yourself. So that was sad. But, I mean, hey, the big storyline pretty much in the NFL right now is what is OBJ going to do? Because they yeah, – he made it to the waivers today, yeah, didn't he? he did. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be on a new team, but are the Browns better without OBJ? That's what people are asking. I think they are. He's toxic to the locker room. Yeah, and it's almost like when – if you're Baker Mayfield, you have you know Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones – David Joku, the tight end, and then you have OBJ, like who's a seasoned veteran receiver, who, you know, he's probably one of the most recognizable NFL names at this point in time. But when you have a guy who's like maybe chirping you, like, "Hey, give me the ball more," I, why aren't you throwing it to me? In the back of your head, that's got to be kind of frustrating for a quarterback when you're yeah, just trying just to like, go out there and win. We just you don't need to pad OBJ's stats. stats. So Baker Mayfield. He's free from the chains of OBJ, so he might be better now. Actually, the stats I saw on Monday Night Countdown, the stats Baker Mayfield plays better when OJ, OBJ is not on the field. So yeah. I think OBJ's watched personally, but I don't know. I think he's done, honestly. Well, I think people just might have gotten too high on him early. I mean, he did play very, very well 
in New York, but like he just made some insane catches and people just considered him like the best receiver in the league. He did have a lot of yards though. Yeah, I mean he did. Don't get me wrong. He had fourteen what did he have, fourteen hundred yards his rookie season or something like that? Or his second season. Well, yeah, and he made um, that one catch that yeah. everybody will remember forever. Yeah. Possibly the greatest catch of all time. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it was insane. And he I mean, he started doing it consistently not yeah that he was doing ex- it like exactly but he was having crazy catches. catches yeah he was having time. crazy yeah. he like he made the one-handed catch popular i feel like i think it's just hard for skill players specifically running backs receivers dbs to keep it up for keep it up year after year after year yeah yeah not he's still gonna go down with a good career even if he was done today you know yeah and i'm not saying he is i think uh, he's at the point where he's too much of a diva and he's either going to have to lay low and turn into just kind of a veteran guy that you have on your team. He's yeah. not going to be the guy, I don't think. I feel like he could kind of be like what Deshaun Jackson has been the past five years. Yeah. Like kind of bounce around a lot of different teams, always still the second or spark. third receiver, but a guy who's going to give you 500, 600 yards and some some games where he'll burn a guy out of nowhere and make a big play or make a big play on fourth down. He'll be the guy that a team adds him, and all the fans are like, "Oh, we got OBJ," kind of yeah. like they were with Deshaun Jackson. And he'll make he'll still make plays, but like we've seen with Deshaun Jackson, kind of a similar situation. Yeah, because he just if got you have that up you got that diva cut, personality. Because that was his problem with the Rams, right? He started wanting the ball more, and it's yeah. Like, well, dude, we got Cooper Cup over here. Yeah, we have the best receiver in the <laughs> yeah. league right now. So and Robert Woods the, and Van Jefferson, Nashville guy. Yeah, you're the fourth. Maybe I don't even know. There might be a guy who's yeah. better. And you're than also a hundred years old, and you you're kind of a one trick pony. You're the deep threat. Yeah, he's the burner. And when you start getting older, that's the speed's gone a little bit. Still yeah. fast. Yeah, he's but still it's not fast. What it was, but so. no. Yeah, I think OBJ is gonna. It, I don't know what his career moving forward is really gonna look like, but obviously it it was correlating to the Browns' success. Yeah. I think. I think he probably wants to go to a team to where he is the guy. I don't, like, yeah, and I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't anymore. know. I don't Unless know. He goes to some crappy team who doesn't have any receivers. Maybe the Lions. The Lions could. He would look good receivers. in the Lions uniform. I think because Galladay can't get healthy enough to stay out uh, on the well, field. Well, Galladay is on the New York Giants now. Oh shoot, that's right. But he would have to battle against yeah. Titans legend Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond. Yeah, and they have Quintez Cephas and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool no, staff. Now from, it's coming back to me. A cool staff from that game though. For a second. Um, the uh, the Browns became the first team since 2012 with three touchdown plays of 60 yards or more in a single game. Wow. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> the big play Browns, as people are calling them. And people, I mean me just now. The big play Browns. I like it. Also, Nick Chubb, I don't have his stats pulled up, but he had over 100 yards. and Yeah, 127 he's so yards, good. two times. When he's healthy, he's so good. Yeah. I mean, I think another kind of theme of this week in the NFL – were upsets to list off a couple Broncos beat the Cowboys Giants yeah. beat the Raiders Jaguars beat the Bills I mean there were some like pretty big upsets the Vikings were so close the Vikings were so close, so close. to the Ravens and they, and they, get they weren't and like not all of them anyway were like shootouts like the no uh, like the Jaguars the Bron- Ravens ja- Jaguars or Jaguars Bills, Bills yeah. excuse me I mean, was nine to three of game and then you had the Broncos just owning the Cowboys. I think yeah, that was weird. Dak came out after the game and said, yeah, we just got, 16, we flat out got 16. beat. 
in every facet of the game. Like we didn't do anything well, and they did it all well. So yeah, yeah. they didn't even score any points till the fourth quarter. So they just kind of scored some garbage time points. I mean, Denver's defense was annihilating. I mean, this year in football, NFL and college, you just kind of got everyone being competitive. It's a week to week league, man. How we say it? I mean, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. I think. Uh, do the Raiders start tumbling here now? Is this when uh, they? I don't know. We'll get to it later, but Thomas Swaffer doesn't think so. He still thinks the Raiders are going off, but I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count them out. I. I haven't believed that they're gonna do anything great this year, but I wouldn't count them out of like a playoff spot or anything just yet. And that that division is kind of weak right now with the Chiefs not being so great and right. The Chargers slipping up a little bit, and they just barely squeak by the Eagles. Man, the Chiefs, the last couple weeks getting wins, but still just not looking good. Because yeah. they played a Packers team. Jordan Love, not a good he... pick. I bet Aaron Rodgers was happy. looks bad. You, If you're a Packers fan, you're you a little peeved be pissed. At, the, uh, at the front office yeah, right now. Yeah, you'd be like, who, why is this guy on the team? Because not only did you go out and get this guy, but you pissed off your franchise MVP, Hall of Famer type quarterback. And now he's not going to be there next year. And it's like, okay, this guy's not good. So what are we going to do? You're kind of screwed. Yeah. yeah. Completely screwed I, yourself. Yeah. Jordan Love, he is not it, Chief. At least not against the um, Chiefs. Well, and the Chiefs' defense is bad. We know that. Yeah. And they were even talking about it, the, the announcers. When um, Aaron Rodgers got his first shot, he played on, I believe it was a Monday night game, in place of an injured uh, Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers lit it up, made the most out of his opportunity. Um, and then it kind of comes full circle here, and Jordan Love gets his chance on uh, primetime. Uh, or it wasn't primetime, excuse me, but at least gets his chance uh, to come in and make a statement um, and doesn't uh, doesn't end up too well for him. Well, and some people may wonder if that relates to Aaron Rodgers not really wanting to help out Jordan Love. Yeah. But I remember hearing when Aaron Rodgers was the backup to Brett Favre, Honestly, it was probably Brett, an even worse situation. Yeah. Brett Favre really did not care to help out Aaron Rodgers, from what I've heard. Yeah, he wasn't ready to give the reins over either, and knew he would at some have to at some point. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers was simply just ready when his number was called. And I mean, if you're a Packers fan, what luck to just go straight from Brett Favre to Aaron? Yeah, Rodgers. two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back. Yeah, it's similar like the 49ers did with Montana to then Steve Young. Yeah, honestly. So that might even. I'd say those two are probably a better combo than Favre and Rodgers. Well, yeah, the Super Bowl numbers, obviously. But also those 49ers, they had Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice. um, Was T.O. there when Steve Young was there? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's That's such a weird – sometimes time doesn't match up for me, and that's one of those moments. Yeah. T.O. is older than you would think. Yeah, he is. And he's like 40-something, yeah. I mean, he can still run like a 4-5-40. Yeah, but I think if he started taking hits every day, and oh, yeah, he'd his be body like, uh, he does down. look like a Greek god. Still, yeah, he's though. he's uh, he's in shape. I watched a YouTube video of him and like Ocho Cinco and Tyree Kill. Oh, were, like, I saw racing. that. Except I think Tyree Kill was actually giving him like a five yard head start or something. Because what Tyree Kill runs 
four two four four three. three yeah four so four three five something like that yeah unless cheetah. he gave him a, a yeah, head cheetah. start it wasn't gonna really be a race but still fun to watch and Terrell owens was rocking his no shirt just wearing running tights and the guy looked amazing he's jacked he is totally ripped still his muscles have muscles but yeah, con- congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars for winning their first game on American soil since week one of last season. Gosh, wow, that's crazy! I forgot about that because they, 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 yeah, their other one was in, in London, the UK, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. Atlanta. This was the this was the game, the uh, naming rights bowl. So Josh Allen, defensive end for the Jaguars, yes. now owns all the Bold rights to out. the name Josh Allen. He had a what? He, pick, he a had, force fumble, two tackles for loss, he a had sack. Two tackles for loss, a sack, a fumble recovery, and a pick. Yeah. He was the first guy to sack a player with the same, same name, name since the merger, apparently. Name Agami. And apparently there were there were chances like there have been chances in history where that's been a possibility. Really? For a guy on defense to play well, like a quarterback with the same name. Really quickly, I, I'm not going to talk about the game quite yet, but we also had the David Long Bowl. That's right. Between the Rams and the Titans, and we'll save to, to get into that later. But, yeah, we saw who the real David Long was. Mm-hmm. We all knew. Oh, yeah. We all knew. Um, but, but, yeah, Jags. Unless y'all have go, another man. game you want to talk about, I'm going to hit the Cardinals-Niners yeah. real quick. Yeah. Colt McCoy. Good for him, man. Coming, stepping in. Coming in and winning the game with Kyler Murray out. This game was terrible for me. I sat both George Kittle and James Conner. Oh, James Conner had 40. Kittle had 20. Right, and I was actually playing you in fantasy, and I had Chase Edmonds as my running back, and he got hurt like first possession and was out for the game. So yeah. there went my chances. Yeah, so I, I ended up sitting Chase Claypool to, tonight to ensure that he didn't have negative points and I didn't lose to Will. What was funny, too, I'm just now thinking of this. You saw James Conner basically get all the touches that Edmonds would usually get. Yeah. Because usually James Conner's kind of the red zone back. They put just him in and he getting... just scores touchdowns. And Chase Edmonds is the guy they throw to on checkdowns or something. They threw to Connor though. They threw to Connor. Yeah. And he had it was funny because <laughs> he had his points in fantasy and then he basically just took Chase Edmonds. Yeah, points. so he had forty. <laughs> so my question is, do they really need both of them now? Uh, I don't think Yeah, save the contract. I don't think James Conner can be the carry the no, majority of the workload anymore. To do that every every day. I mean, even a man like Derrick Henry breaks down eventually when you put too much of a workload on him, so Man. That was a fluke. The Colts turf did it to him. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. But yeah, completely. James Conner, like he went off. I mean, I think he had three touchdowns. Yeah, three total, two okay. rushing, one uh, this, one receiver. This is, I mean, that's going to be good for him because he signed a one. Like nobody really wanted him after yeah, the Steelers let him go, so he signed a one year deal for that's one point seven five million dollars to join the Cardinals, and he's doing well. It's so. been the perfect duo for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Him and Edmonds, two headed monster. I like it. Um, well, that's pretty much all we had for NFL. Do you guys want to look at uh, what we got upcoming uh, for college football here? Did you have anything else to add? Well, I, I think have we a, got to cover the Titans. Oh yeah, I have a cool. I was getting ahead of myself. Though, I have a cool Colt McCoy stat. Uh, Colt McCoy's one nineteen point four passer rating yesterday was the highest he's had in a game in his career since Week Fifteen, two thousand and ten. Eleven years ago. Wow. Well, he hasn't. There was a time when he was with the at the time Redskins. Yeah, Redskins. Our now known as the football team, uh, where he, whoever was in front of him, got injured and he played a few games and did okay. I mean, he's, he's been kind of a backup type guy his whole career. But it was cool to see him. 
it may, it may have been Kirk Cousins. It was cool to see him come out and win a game for him. Even though he's a Texas guy, I always kind of liked Colt McCoy. Yeah, I mean, like he's, a, he's a college football college legend football for legend, sure. Seriously. I don't think he ever won less than 10 games when he was at Texas. Yeah. I mean, and had a – I mean, poor guy got, gets injured in what first possession of the national championship. Marcel Darius yeah. just broke him. I mean, it could have – because that game was still relatively close, I think. Like, it wasn't a beatdown. Yeah. And obviously, I mean – your starting quarterback your goes, goes down. Out. Your backup comes in. National championship. It's like okay, that's well. that's your worst one of nightmare the as a fan. Ultimate like Cinderella moment opportunities though. No, I'm oh, saying oh, like you're, yeah, oh, if, if you're, you're the, the backup, backup yeah. like kind of how uh, Tua came in and won uh, the championship after Jalen Hurts started off real slow. Yeah, I think it was Garrett Gilbert who Garrett went in Gilbert. to play that game. That sounds familiar. And he was a guy. I don't know if he stayed at Texas whole career or maybe went to SMU. Because I know then later, Buscelli, who was at Texas, yeah. ended up going to SMU later. And I feel like it may have been the same kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, that's... But if if you're a fan, your team, you get to the national championship. And it wasn't as bad for Texas. They had won one in 05. But, you know, you finally get back to a national championship. You're feeling good. You just stole one from Nebraska. And you go in, first possession, your starting quarterback goes down. Imagine if you, like, saved up all your money... Went to Pasadena to go watch that national championship. You see that happen, and immediately you're like, should, should I just go home? <laughs> yeah, that's such a bummer. That's such a bummer. That's such a bummer. But also, Cole McCoy is an elite short yardage passer, apparently. He completed 20 of 22 passes for 174 yards and a touchdown on passes fewer than 10 yards in the air. So, hey, if Kyler Murray's going to be out for a while, Cole McCoy can get you the short yardage pass. Very well. There you go. His arm probably doesn't work much more further hey, than but that. He's, he's accurate. He's not going to miss the the easy ones. You know Colt McCoy, he's going to make the easy ones. That's a great backup quarterback to have. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you want a game for you. A guy you can put in for Who a gives couple you a games. They won't really hurt you. He's not going to make mistakes, so you're going to be in it. Yeah. As long as, especially with the Cardinals kind of being what they are with all the weapons they well, have. Well, yeah, and they can just run the ball for the most part. Yeah. But let's hop in and talk about the Titans game. Yeah. Let's go. First, like, just major thoughts right off the Screw bat. What do you got? the entire national media. I mean, the story is time and time again. Everyone counts out the Titans. Everyone's talking about the Rams. Nobody's paying us any attention. Our season's immediately over. Not even close. Our defensive line, best in the NFL. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, oh, no, it honestly is. Like, I, I, I legit think it is. Jeff Simmons has three sacks in the first half. It was like that was one of the single greatest performances of a defensive line that I've ever seen. I mean, Autry, Landry, Dupree, Simmons, Tier Tart, Sim- Tart. They, I mean, they all were just munching in the backfield. Similar to when I talked about Mahomes kind of limping off the field after that Chiefs game. Yes, yeah, Stafford. We saw it with Stafford. The dude was just beaten into the ground. Yeah, he's questionable for this uh, next week, I know. He's uh, he's banged up, and, I mean, we let him have it. And uh, I think Landry had half a sack, so he's at he's nine. He's at nine, yeah. Yeah, so. Sack a game still. He's he's up there at the top of the, the sack yeah, list. top of the sack list. And, um, I feel like Simmons has to be cracking well, on his way up Well, all the pressure bit. stats. Here, here's the stat, yeah. Most pressures since week six, Big Jeff has 27. The guy right behind him, Danico Autry, has 20. So 
We have since, both of them, and yeah. there's a seven. Yeah, yeah seven since week six, difference. two Titans are leading the league in pressures. And, yeah, I mean, week six, was that uh, the Chiefs game or, no, Bills game? Um, so, I mean, since then we played Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. The Murderer's Those Row. Four very good offensive lines. The Murderer's Row is over. And we went 4-0. Oh. You were hoping you oh, were yeah. hoping you <laughs> we made split it. them. We, yeah. we were hoping we'd go 2-2 two and two in this gauntlet and we just went 4-0. Oh. With Derrick Henry getting hurt. And we le- are leading the AFC right now. And everyone else on your schedule, you well, know you're better than. The, pa- like, the we'll, Patriots are dangerous, I think. They're, so they're are all, the Saints. No, so I mean, are the 49ers. You can so lose the Steelers. Any, you can lose to any of them. I'm just yeah. saying, you look at everyone on the schedule, and you know you are better than every team on the schedule. So you have a really good chance at, I'm not going to say they're going to win out because that's so hard to do. Yeah, You have a really good chance to win most of those games. And ha- the first round bye... I said it last week or the week before being kind of Probably like gone. maybe need to forget about it. No, it's back a on. Real, it's back on. You have a real chance of that first round bye still. Well, the thing is like, you know, everybody, we were worried because, you know, we lose Derrick Henry who's in the MVP race. And then we're like, all right, what, what can Tannehill do? But the thing is he, he won't hurt you. I mean, I think he did have one interception, but Tannehill won't hurt you. And, with with a, a healthy Julio Jones and a healthy AJ Brown and the defense that's playing lights out like it is, like we we can beat anybody in the league like we have. Yeah. I didn't even notice it till I was watching uh, SVP on Sports Center after the game and saw that our offense only had 194 yards. But it was more a testament to the way our defense played, getting touchdowns, short fields. Because I didn't come away from that game thinking the offense played bad necessarily. A lot of plays when you needed to make plays happened and Tannehill whatever you think about him his the fact that he can run and the oh, fact that he's a good athlete it's such a plays a major threat. factor you saw the naked bootleg the naked bootleg best goal line play in history it works like every time i love that play and then the first touchdown you do kind of the same type of thing but you have a guy open in the end zone and Jeff Swain Jeff. just Swain. toss it on over to Big him Jeff while they're too. all keying on the run or running the other way well they're they're fearful of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, shout out uh, touchdowns here. AD got his uh, touchdown. He got Is it 125th? Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he passed Walter Payton, and if he gets another one, he'll pass Jim Brown or tie Jim Brown. So oh, Jimmy I mean, B. Like we were talking about earlier, Will, we just need to pat Adrian Peterson's stats. Just give him the ball on the goal line. I think you need to give him the record, get him one touchdown above whatever the record is, and then never let him run it in again and just – See if we can get Derrick Henry to break that record. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's we can have fine two with me. Titans at the top. Two Titans. That would be insane. I mean, we already have a lot of Titans running backs sitting at the top of the list with CJ Two K, Chris Johnson, Earl Campbell, Derrick Henry. Why don't we go ahead and add a add another Adrian Peterson to That's that right. list? I mean, it's so th- th- that what might be the best. Uh, kind of s- saying that out loud right there, we might. Be running back you of pro. <laughs> I think we might be pro teams. Running back you for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, if you count Adrian Peterson, we need. Yeah, we need yeah we're helping yeah. him set records. I'm, need- I'm counting Andre Johnson as a receiver as well as <laughs> Randy, Randy Moss, Moss. Both of those. So the Titans all time team. If we're including Oilers as well, you can throw in a, a Warren Moon as a backup or. <laughs> 
Earl Campbell, a fierce <laughs> runner. Bruce Matthews, one of the greatest linemen of all time. Yeah, played for both the Oilers and the Titans. Um, so Albert Hainsworth in his prime. But yeah, real, stuff. real quick to get kind of back to the game too. Kevin Byard continues to have a nose. Oh for the mayor of Murfreesboro. Having one of the best years of his career and may well end up being the best year of his career up to this point. Yeah. The guy. Him and Hooker are graded very high. Hooker. That tackle he had on it was like a third it was and open two field, or yeah. Fourth and two. It, it looked like he was about to turn the corner and just take it upfield for Hooker, ten yards. If you're if you've got like a kid who's just starting to play football, you show him that play. Say, this is how you make a tackle. Yeah, hit him low around the waist, wrap him up, take, stop him in his tracks. Yeah, it was beautiful. beautiful form tackle. Hooker's good. He's he's turned out to be really good. Yeah. Well, I love it too because we're starting to see Reese. You've talked about it before. Titans have kind of gotten rid of some of these guys that you drafted and you know you invested in and wanted them to be Titans for a long time. You're starting to see guys that you weren't really sure, at least yeah. starting off, They're become like, kind of those main key guys. Obviously, Bayard is one that you drafted in a later yeah. round. But then guys like David Long, guys like Amani Hooker on defense. Who are huge, huge pieces of the defense. And then a year. guy like Big Jeff and Harold, who you... I mean, right. spent early picks on, but are yeah. be- one of, or, some of the best in the league. What about a guy like Chris Jackson? I was just about to mention Chris was Jackson. was seventh round last yeah. year. And, I mean, the impact he's had. We we were talking about it during the game, Will, how good the past two weeks, how, how well he's been playing. Yeah, I mean, he was under the bright lights and performed against some of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. And um, why don't we talk a, a little bit about your boy, Reese, from B.A., Jalen Ramsey. Oh yeah, I mean, getting in. Uh, he got a little a chippy yeah, with AJ Brown. Yeah, he's getting a chippy with AJ Brown. What do you have to say? There? Well, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Jalen Ramsey would want to get chippy unless he's fearful. Oh, so I think he's I like fearful of AJ Brown. Yeah, did, did you guys watch the uh, post conference? Yeah, AJ Brown. He, he's got my number. He can come see me. <laughs> yeah, he can come see I me. I love that he said that's not a threat either. Like he has yeah, my number. Yeah, like, yeah. Just <laughs> clarifying. Like, no, no that's not a threat. He, he actually has my phone number. He could call me if he wants no, to No, but I mean, something. obviously we know Jalen Ramsey, probably most people would say he's the best cornerback in the league. And, yeah. You know, I didn't get to watch the whole game because I was at a, a festival, but um, he didn't – I guess we did good enough. Julio yeah. Julio played. Julio played. played had a few catches. AJ, had a, few, AJ, AJ had a couple drops, didn't he? A couple did. key, kind of key drops, but then – like he, he had does, had a plays. bunch of really big, yeah, caught, caught balls when we really needed him to on some crucial yeah. third downs. And he'll stuff. he'll piss you off in the second or third quarter, drop balls, but then on the fourth quarter on fourth down, like I feel like he he never drops those balls. Speaking of Jalen Ramsey, though, how about the fact that he was supposed to get kicked out of the game and they just didn't kick him? Yeah, off? they were like, "Oh, wait, that first penalty actually we didn't call that unsportsmanlike contact. It was just a personal foul." Yeah, they and, had changed and it. And Sports Center even went back and showed that first one, and they called unsportsmanlike conduct the well, first time and the second time. Apparently, had adjusted the ruling in the score sheet, which is apparently a thing you can do. I don't know. A lot of people Rabel were complaining, was pissed though. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people were complaining that it was just a. Being like, no, nah, we're not job. letting Jalen Ramsey getting. Yeah, out. that's that's exactly what it that's seems Roger like. Goodell, big NFL. Yeah, terrible, just messed up. But honestly, we we talk a lot about the Titans players. I think we really need to give some credit to the Titans coaching staff. Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah, and people and are starting to take notice. His two first year coordinators are doing awesome. 
He he pulls oh. up Art Smith, and people wonder, oh, is this guy ready to be an offense coordinator? You're just pulling a guy up who's been yeah. there and was a tight ends coach. Yeah, Boom. now he's a head coach. Hey, let's pull up the next tight ends coach Yeah, in Downing. Pick up right where he left off. Hey, also, let's he, didn't, he didn't have a D.C. last yeah, year. It, it was kind of unofficially Bowen, but so he a lot technically of, didn't have the title. He caught a lot of heat for promoting Bowen originally. Yeah. People were saying, well, if he wasn't ready last year, what makes him ready this year? Well, hey, he makes Bowen the youngest D.C. in the NFL, and the guy's killing it. Killing it. Our I defense mean, has play calling is so much better. Done just, a complete 180 from last year. Yeah, it's, it's we've been already so much fun. I think we had 19 sacks in all of last season, and we we've already passed that through eight games now or nine. I mean, and a lot of people. I, I heard this and I really liked it. Talking about Vrabel, you have a lot of coaches who you know they have their system and they stick to it. Vrabel is a guy who does whatever it takes to win. And if that means letting the coaches do their thing, changing your offense up a little bit, changing your defense, he'll do it. Yeah, he's not he's not stuck in his ways. He'll, yeah, he'll do whatever it takes to win. And Innovative. I think it's paying dividends for him, big time, big time, especially this year. And we've seen it throughout the year. The guy is also just kind of a you know savvy. We've seen it with with just random rules or penalties or. Saying, "Hey, let's leave this guy on the field, take the penalty, or let's false start and yeah. run the clock down more." He knows Stuff how that to pe- game, game, yeah, game the system. He's he's smart. Yeah. He's really smart, and you don't think that because he's a big dude, big linebacker. Yeah, you don't expect him to be, yeah, like a big he, meathead guy. You don't expect him to be cerebral and be able to kind of. I mean, he may, it takes advantage of so many of the rules, like you said in the NFA. It's Belichick esque, and it's so much fun to watch. Stuff that other coaches would never even think of doing. Yeah. And I love that he just isn't afraid to take chances, run a fake punt, do a do a crazy goal line play, you know, go for it on fourth downs. I I love that. Yeah. I a coach that is timid, like if you have a good roster and good personnel, but you're timid as a coach and you don't go for it on fourth downs or you don't pull out a trick play here and there, that is so annoying. It's soft. Like Vrabel he gets all those guys, his coordinators and the players, to reach their full potential, and it's awesome. So, I mean, it, us Titans fans, we're on cloud nine right now. Yeah. I mean. It feels good to be where we are. I, I, I want people to keep counting us out. Because, oh, yeah. Because look at us. We made it through that four-game gauntlet, Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, and we win all four games and amongst a team that is – Heavily injured. Yeah, the, like we have like so the many guys that are injured in NFL history, and we just fight through it. Vrabel's got to be up there for coach of the year. They keep talking next man up mentality, and even with Henry going out, all the media asked was, "Hey, I know you have this next man up mentality, but really, like, what are you thinking?" No, that's that's still what that's they're like, thinking, and yeah. it's still working. Yeah. T- Taylor Lewan didn't play yesterday. Bobby Hart has to get thrusted into. He's the not game. even on the roster. Like, I had no idea who that guy yeah. was. Yeah, and that Raidens <laughs> was seeing some action. Yeah. And I was nervous before the game. Well, I did. I did throughout the week. I did convince myself that we were going to win. I don't know why. Yeah, I convinced but, myself. As but well. I was nervous, thinking like, "Oh my God, Aaron Donald is going to eat eat our linemen apart. He's gonna he's gonna eat Raiden's up." And you know, then Bobby Hart starts playing. I'm like, "Oh, here we go," because they'll yeah. line Donald up outside. So you know, tighten up, man. Tighten up. And that's, we're gonna uh, we're gonna good beat to the brakes off the Saints on Sunday. I'm excited about that. Big Jeff is going to drive his face mask into Trevor Simeon's skull. 
And Trevor Simeon, like I know he's had a couple of good games, but he's not he, actually good. You remember he wasn't even good enough to make our him? roster. Yeah, yeah, we had him on the practice squad for a little bit. Do we want to go ahead and start uh, previewing next week? Yeah, let's do it. I will. Uh, let's pull up the. I'll go ahead just because I have it pulled up. I'll go ahead and give my gambling picks real quick, yeah. and then we can kind of let's go. So I ended up luckily I put the uh, LSU spread last second on on my picks because that was actually the only one that won. We went one and two last week. So I think I am 13 and 12, so we're still positive. But right off the bat, what I'm seeing, noon game, so it could be a little fishy, but I like Michigan pick them over Penn State. Yeah. Let's see what else we have. I'm What I'm looking at, ooh, Rutgers plus seven. Not going to pick it, but one to keep your eye on, Rutgers, Indiana. But yeah, so Michigan pick them. Let's see. What else we got here? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you last week, it's good that you did put that pick in there for LSU. Uh, Alabama as 28.5 point favorites. Like, that's just. It's just a principle. That's thing. crazy. Yeah. By principle, you need to take LSU. Unless it's a. If Van- you put $10 on that, I don't know how much you would have won. Unless it's a Vandy type t- program, like Power Five versus. Decent power five, you take that. Yeah. Just, it's just kind of a principle thing. Agreed. Let's see. Really, all I'm seeing jump off of me is the Michigan one. I might actually go. It scares me a little because I was so. I think they barely beat Northwestern last week. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that. Actually, I was favored six against Minnesota, but I'm gonna stay away from it. Let's see. Man, that might that might be my only one. I'm not loving any of these other spreads. Actually, you know what? Let's go South Carolina plus one against Missouri. Let's see if they can kind of ride that momentum and take it to Missouri. Missouri is just so bad at tackling. That's all I can remember since that yeah. Tennessee game and watching them after that game. The team cannot tackle. So I'll take Michigan Pickham, South Carolina plus one. Those are going to be my two picks for yeah this week. And you know what? Let's throw in A&M, minus two and a half. Let's go, baby. I love it. Let's go those three. We're riding with those three this week. I love it. Um, My picks-wise, I know I had Falcons plus six and a half last week, which I had my only kind of – and I only – I'll give myself a half pick on it because I wasn't super strong. But I did tell you guys to bet on it, and they won outright, so – there you go. Um, I didn't see really anything yet in college football. I still got more to look at there. Um, I've also got another futures article coming out that I'm uh, finishing up for you guys. But looking here at the NFL, um, initially popping out to me, I'm going to take the Jets plus 13 at home. Who are they playing? Bills. The Bills. Uh, now, this is a bounce back week, obviously, for the Bills. Divisional rival, rivalry. 13 points at home. Mike White's been playing well. The Jets have a good defense. The Jets have a good defense. 13 points at home, that seems egregious. What if the Bills kind of go off the rails? I mean, I could see it. Did we did we end the Bills dynasty? Dynasty? Oh, Might they be a were never word. dynasty. <laughs> well, you know the Titans are dynasty enders. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we ended the Brady dynasty, so. We did. We said, well... We ended the New England Brady dynasty. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Brady still kept going strong. <laughs> we send Northeastern teams off the rails, apparently. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so that's all I saw gambling wise. We can kind of quickly run through some of the other big games, college football wise, that we're looking at. Um, Pitt, UNC for the ACC. We could got, be interesting. Could be an interesting game. Mississippi State and Auburn. That's big for the SEC West. Big for the SEC West. We'll see how that finishes out. Georgia, Tennessee, obviously. Oh, we're gonna get. I have a. I have a take about Georgia, Tennessee when when our hot corner Tennessee comes up. Tennessee plus twenty is what I saw it. If that ends up getting up to like twenty one and a half, definitely take it. If it gets above twenty one, if it gets above twenty one, if you can get that at like twenty one and a half, take that. I, I said it before. Georgia hasn't played anyone that great, especially on offense. Now that being said, no one scored. Over thirteen yeah. on a meter. What is that? Uh, what is that movie? Is it Dallas Buyers Club? That Matthew McConaughey is real skinny. Yes, yeah. he has AIDS. <laughs> I saw a meme where he's a... smoking the cigarette, and he's like, "I've gotten to that point of the week." Well, Georgia really hasn't played an offense like Tennessee <laughs> yeah. yet, and he's got that kind of crazy look to him. So, I thought that was funny. That's kind of where I am in my week as a, a Tennessee fan. I'm working myself up and. Kind of the the vol in the back of my head is whispering, "Hey, we could we could actually do this." I mean, we hung with Alabama for four quarters. We we went to the wire with Ole Miss. We almost beat Pitt, who has an amazing Should've quarterback. Yeah, that that game's going to haunt me a little bit. I think but, because if you have Hooker playing at the beginning of the year, that's probably a game you win. Oh yeah, no, that's frustrating. Oklahoma Baylor though, big. Yeah. Playoff implications yeah. on that one. Big for playoff sure. implications. And then Michigan Penn State. Do we think uh Harbaugh's gonna drop another one? No, um here he's or is he gonna come one. in and crush Penn State? I, I mean think James he's win is that James one. Franklin leaving, going to USC? Maybe he's checked out. It kind of like they have had a rough little finish to the season here and he when they were asking him about it at one of his press conferences, he didn't seem too convinced and what was his answer? It was something really weird when they asked him. He basically talked around it. And yeah, then he talked said about how like, he needed to sit he, down his players yeah, to he talk about to s- the world of college football. Exactly, exactly. What does that mean? It was really vague. It means he's gone. It's coach. Yeah. It's coach talk. So interesting. It's uh, pretty easy to say if you're going to be at a school next year if you know it. That's all I've got to say on that. Yeah. Um, but moving on, looking at some more Big Ten, we've got Purdue, Ohio State, like you were talking about earlier. Purdue has uh, a chance to continue their streak of upsetting top five teams. And I would love to see it. I think Ohio State will put an end to it. And I think they're favored by around 20 or so. Yeah, they're, it's 20. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they'll – I could see them even covering that. I think they'll probably put an end to it. But, like I said, I'd love to see it. I think it would be awesome to see Purdue just be the – world beater this year yeah and then what about uh, minnesota and iowa two kind of teams that are falling off a little bit falling off the wagon who are still kind of hanging around the top 25 that's going to be an ugly i just i just looked at that game i I thought about picking iowa both those teams are not that good no they're not they're ranked but they're not gonna there's a good chance both those teams end up not being ranked. they could play a SEC team in a bowl game. Like, I think if Tennessee played one of those teams, Tennessee would just score so many points. We'll see I hope them. Tennessee goes to a bowl game. Oh, oh yeah. they will. Yeah, we will. Because I mean, they could definitely... we're not going to lose to South Alabama and Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be well, fun to watch them in a bowl game. should knock on some wood here real quick. Right, right, for sure. Anything but I agree. Happen. I think it'll be... That'll be... If you can come out in a bowl game and score all the points that you've been doing 
in all these other games and kind of put a stamp on the hypo year is I think that would be a big success if you come out with a bowl in in his first year for sure. Yeah. Um, moving forward with some more SEC talk, A&M, Ole Miss. Reese, yeah, it's at a Ole quick Miss. Little, uh, preview here for that. I mean, at Ole Miss, the strength of Texas A&M's team is the defense. And I know Ole Miss has a high-powered offense, I guess, but Corral's been hurt. Um, I mean, I see us winning. I think Jimbo really, really has this team in the right mindset. So I think we're going to go in there and beat him. Also, I wanted to mention, I forgot – you guys were a little upset, but uh, before the game against or Auburn versus A&M, Texas A&M landed the number one recruit in the country, Walter uh, Nolan. What a weird story. The guy moves moved to, to Knoxville. Knoxville. It's so frustrating. And then, I don't know. Yeah, because you're know thinking in say. the back of your head, oh, someone's like buying, buying him a house. Yeah, they, like <laughs> and maybe they did, and they screwed him. O- he screwed us over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, didn't. Uh, didn't Mississippi State pay Cam Newton's family a bunch of money too? And then he just ended up going, Auburn paid him more or something? <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think so. Because it was all donations to his dad's church. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was so obvious, but besides the point. Yeah, I mean, that, that A&M Ole Miss game, though, I think it's going to be a coach game. I think Jimbo Fisher's just going to yeah. outcoach Kiffin. Hell yeah. I like that. I cheering like that. us on. I mean, it's, it's a gambling pick. You hope you're cheering for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got NC State, Wake Forest, kind of again. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like weird. Wake, I I think Wake Forest will win just because I think they'll score a ton of points. But we've seen well, they're only favored by two. And NC State, we know, uh, beat Clemson. Yeah, who Clemson isn't that great this year, but they're still their defense is good. I mean, so who knows? That's pretty much. It for the there's a couple other games, but nothing uh, nothing major or looking too good here for TCU. Can maybe give football. Oklahoma State a scare? They could after uh, they almost beat Baylor last week. Yeah. so who knows? They got sh- they got a shot. That could be a good game. Um, and then I guess we can also mention Oregon Washington State. I think Washington State has kind of pretty much crumbled this season. They lost obviously Leach, and they've lost. Did, uh, did their coach get fired? Uh, yeah, for, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the not being vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, and it was some staff that got being fired. This, so they're this has got to be a layup for Oregon. Yeah. You would think. Mm-hmm. You would think. But who knows? You never know. Then we finish off with Nevada, San Diego State. I will not be watching that game. Nope. I might late at night. Who knows? I'll Maybe. Flip it on. I do like night. the San Diego State uh, mascot, the Aztec. I do like that, too. Very, yes, very cool. I'm a big fan of any school with unique names slash mascots. Cornhuskers, volunteers, obviously. Yeah. Even Purdue, Boilermaker. Boilermakers. Yeah. Uh, blue hose. Like we said, Aztecs, yeah, the Presbyterian blue hose. There's definitely some other ones. What are some other? Yeah. Even Hawkeyes, honestly, for Iowa. The New Mexico. Or Cyclones. The New Mexico Lobos. Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors? Or, yeah. yeah. That's pretty sick. Rainbow Warriors. Very progressive, ahead of their time. Yeah, really. Impressive from Hawaii. That's a good point. Buckeyes is a good one. Yeah, yeah. a Buckeye. Even Wolverine. Yeah, yeah Wolverine. there's more. There's more than you think. You don't yeah, think of them. Right Vanderbilt. You start talking. Vanderbilt through. Commodores is cool. What about a Nittany Lion? I mean, what is that? I don't even know. <laughs> what is a Nittany Lion? I don't even know. What is that? I mean, there's all kinds of. 
I mean, I like a Razorback. That's a good way to say yeah, uh, a pig. Yeah, sorry. That's the main. That's one of the main ones I think of. Razorbacks. Yeah, Razorback. There's not another one. I don't think. Uh. Uh-uh. TCU horned frogs. Yeah, awesome. like I've seen a horned frog before. They're so cool. Is it like? I feel like it looks like a little demon. Well, I was gonna. They're say very spiky. A uh, wannabe dragon. Yeah, like kind of a the the stepchild of a dragon. Yeah, the yeah. ugly stepchild of a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. The dragon of the land, you know, because they don't have wings. Yeah. Are there? Uh, what uh, football team has a dragon as a uh, UAB? UAB? UAB. Blazers. Yeah. Yep. That's right. UAB Blazers. They got a dragon um, as their uh, mascot. Yeah, I feel like the horned frog. You know, his, his big brother was probably a big dragon. Went D one, and then he's over here just. Yeah, doesn't have any athletic he's, ability. He's a JUCO guy. Yeah, if that, probably couldn't even start but, on his high school. JV but they can team. shoot blood out of their eyes. It's like a defense mechanism. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. They're they can do something really well. Yeah, good they, for them. There yeah. you go, horn frogs. There's at least one good thing about them. Let's check out NFL for next week. What, yeah. what jumps off the page at you? Well, we'll talk about Thursday. We always everybody loves Thursday night football. Ravens, Browns, Dolphins. That's probably going to be an ugly game. Obviously, we got uh, we we're talking about earlier Saints Titans. That's going to be a fun game, but hopefully Simeon will come in and uh, suck it up. Cowboys Falcons not too good, right there. The Browns Patriots, I think, is going to be a good one. Yeah, the Patriots yeah. they they've kind of turned it around this season. And looking at it, what's really weird here? So they're five and four, but they're one and four at home. Yeah, weird. So four of their five wins undefeated. Are, they're undefeated on yeah, the road. They're undefeated on the road, and they're, but they're at home playing the Browns. So hey, maybe Belichick has them ready to go this time. Huh? They're due for a win at home. Yeah. Otherwise, this slate mm. doesn't really look yeah, all it's, that. It's New England minus one. Great. I'm gonna have to look at that. Although, call me crazy, I think the Lions could beat the Steelers. I was just gonna say yeah. the Lions got a shot again, as they have a few times. But I could see the Lions doing well. Yeah, I want them to win a game so I, bad. I do too. I want I'm going to win multiple games. I love Dan Campbell. Yeah. And I'm excited to uh see the Seahawks Packers the because of yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson, he's coming back. And Aaron Rodgers should be back. And Aaron well, Rodgers right? should be back as well, so that should actually So that's be... like a yeah, pro, that's that's one of the big matchups that we're used to. Yeah, and the, yeah, I think Russell Wilson came back a little a little bit sooner than expected, so I mean, they're not out of their division yet. They're three and five. They've got a lot of making up to do. But the hey. Ch- the Chiefs Raiders game that I see that's the test for the Chiefs. Like, okay, you've won a couple, but you still haven't looked good. Can you come out and beat a good team? Yeah, and, and look good doing speaking it. Speaking of Raiders, how about game, Damon right? Arnett, who they just cut, um, and then oh, obviously yeah. the and Henry, Henry Rugg situation, who they had to cut. Looking at their twenty twenty draft. Might be the worst draft class of all time. Those, like, the, those two guys gone. are first rounders, and they're yeah, off the team. Yeah, their two first rounders are cut from the team. I mean, Henry Ruggs is a felon. Yeah, he's going to be a convicted felon. And Damon Arnett, he was crashed Waving four rental cars, and then is on yeah. camera showing in AK, uh, Glock, a bunch of other like like insane machine guns pulling out. So yeah, Raiders. This is they're I mean, running the Raiders, right now. The Raiders are having the the good angel on your shoulder versus the devil on your left shoulder and this they keep year. Choosing like, the I wrong mean, one. Derek Carr is the 
the Christ-like yeah. symbol and everybody yeah. else is just going down the drain. Derek Carr is just saying, like, everybody needs love right now, and all his teammates are just... Yeah, all of his teammates are just the most sinful people Demons. in yeah. the NFL. Are are the Raiders going into a Gruden curse? Maybe they... Maybe, like, Gruden put a hex on them, and they're slowly... Each player <laughs> is crumbling down piece by piece. Oh, no. I, I hope the, the recovering one by one, addicts are going to be gonna arrested. But because Max Crosby and Darren Waller are good guys. We don't want we don't want the hex to come after them. No. So well, I'll say I hope the Raiders get their stuff together, get the right guys in the locker room, get moving. But however, uh, you could also say Raiders being usually the bad boys yeah, is a little taking the taking the bad boy a little too far, I'd say. Yeah. But they're used to having some criminals on the team, so yeah, maybe, maybe the Raiders are just quite being murderers, the Raiders. Is Las Vegas bad for the NFL? Sin City? Sin oh City. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That uh, may be where it's coming from. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably pretty tough. A lot of those young guys, I mean, they're out in Vegas. Bonk. That's a good millions point. of dollars. Imagine being a 21-year-old. Living in getting, Las Vegas. and having like a million, however many million dollars signing bonus. And just getting shipped out to Vegas. Where you're fearful for your life in Oakland because of gang violence. But in Las Vegas, you can do anything pretty much. and Unless you kill somebody in a DUI crash, you can basically do whatever you want. Yeah, and prostitution and stuff is legal there, I'm pretty sure, somehow. So crazy stuff going on in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for this weekend. College football is going to be great. NFL will be great. Hopefully, I get to go to the Titans game. I just want the Titans to. Oh, I want them to get be the number one seed. And I, I want Derek wanna, Henry to come back. I don't want to stop winning. No. I don't know what I'm going to do. We just got to keep winning. Yeah, I'm riding this high. And I love it. I don't want to know what it feels like to lose for the Titans anymore. We don't need to worry about that anymore. We're good. <laughs> um, and then Monday night to close out NFL next week: Rams 49ers. Uh, this will be a big one for the Rams. They want to make sure to keep uh, that stranglehold on the, the division here. Or not stranglehold, but they want to keep up with the Cardinals. Um, so it's going to be tough. So they need to get a W here. Big division win for the 49ers. Um, big Ben just got absolutely crushed. We're watching the end of the Monday night Cassius game. Marsh. Did, did, y'all, did y'all see the celebration the guy did? Uh-uh. See if they show it. He did a roundhouse kick in the air. That's awesome. A jumping roundhouse kick to celebrate. Wow. I was talking about Cassius Marsh earlier. A lot of tattoos on that guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, that about covered it for the NFL. Why didn't I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, Reese? Um, there was some kind of like corner that was a little bit steamy or a little scalding. bit scalding. Scalding. Yeah, you, you were talking about it earlier. Can you run me through that again? Yeah, it's the hot corner with the lawyer, Thomas Swafford. He's back with some more of his football knowledge for us. Thomas is in love with Mac Jones and the Patriots. He he, he thinks he's very confident in them. I'm obsessed with Mac Jones. He has the Rodgers, Brady, Manning-type middle edge that makes quarterbacks great. Not combine flash like Zach Wilson, who I believe won't be in the league five years from now. Wow, okay, well, there's there's something hot for you. Zach Wilson will be out of the league in five years. I mean, he's not looking good. His backups both have looked better. Yeah. Than we didn't talk about this. I'll just mention it real quick. Josh Johnson came in uh, the other week and lit it up. Had like 30 fantasy points. Came in later, so it didn't, it didn't really matter. Yeah. But I think he had a touchdown on every drive until the last one he threw a pick, but 
went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was insane. Passes. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Reese. No, that's all right. I mean, he just loves, he has great respect for the fact that Mac Jones stayed at Alabama when he was a third string. And, <laughs> and he says he's already the best of the three quarterbacks in the NFL, talking about Tua and Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Out of the Bama quarterbacks. Mm, Jalen Hurts on site right now, I'd say. But keep moving forward. Well, yeah. So, anyways, Swaff is in love with the Patriots. He he can see them going to the Super Bowl, I think. So, I, I don't think I can see them going to the Super Bowl. But No, I, I don't. But here here's something that's good. People should enjoy the Chiefs' struggles while they last. Mahomes is making horrible decisions, and their defense sucks right now, but there's zero doubt in my mind that they will be back dominating the way they were the past few seasons. People calling this the end of their dominance are idiots. They have the most gifted quarterback of all time, and he's 26 years old. The extent of the story that they've had, a hilariously bad season. Um, that was a weird sentence. but he's, so, And they still have a winning record. So I mean, if you're making fun of the Chiefs, you're an idiot. Appar- I don't... Compared, ugh. I want to call Swaff. a halt on that, though, because I thought Swaff was, like, way down on the Chiefs. We'd have to go back into the files. Yeah. yeah we'll I, have to, I thought he we'll was... We'll have to get an instant replay on that. He, but... he may not have said, like, Mahomes was done or anything, but he definitely said... Well, he said the like, Raiders are locking up... Yeah, He's been hot on the edge. Raiders, and they're in the same division as the Chiefs. Well, I, I don't I'd think say, that's I... what he's saying, necessarily, but he, I feel like he was down on Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think yeah. like Mahomes wasn't going to get it going but, again but may, maybe I yeah i mean that. i would agree with that take not wholeheartedly that the chiefs are just going to immediately get back to elite play i think their defense is bad and they're going to have trouble the rest of the season but the chiefs are good mahomes is good they have a lot of weapons like let's not just toss them toss them in the garbage just yet well this is the hottest take of them all and it's my favorite one tennessee is going to beat georgia Yes, sir. Hendon Hooker is the second best quarterback in the SEC to Matt, to Matt Corral. And the Vols just dropped 45 points in 13 minutes time of possession, which is a completely insane stat. Georgia is dominating everybody, but the fact remains that now unranked Arkansas is probably their best win. Make no mistake, Georgia is clearly better, but Heupel is getting a signature upset this weekend. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, not- I, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I really hope it does. I, I love that is it. probably the hottest take. I love but that. It's it's different because that's on my. I, w- I want it to happen. So, um, we'll see how the game goes. I, I think Tennessee can score. Can they score I, enough? And, like, I, I mean, looking know. at what Kentucky did to us. I mean, it's not like Georgia's offense is worse than Kentucky's. Yeah, I, but you know, you played Alabama and their offense and. They ended up scoring a lot. Yeah. But you stopped them early in the game. Yeah, you were it, able to get plays. Depth was the only reason they were able to score so much because we were just so gassed at the end of the game. They you're going like to have to catch a lot of breaks. Like, Georgia's going to have it. You're going to have to have similar to what happened a couple years ago when Tennessee was up at half at Georgia, where they like snap it over Stetson Bennett's head and we get a touchdown. Like, you get a yeah. couple turnovers right away. And you're going to have to jump out. To have a chance, I think Tennessee would have to jump out to like a two possession lead right away. Honestly, well, I mean, with the way they've been scoring, it could be it could happen. Well, that's that's the thing, right? If you can come out and score first possession and somehow get a stop or get them to make a mistake and jump right back on it and capitalize on it, you got a chance. But it's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's going to be the best take if it happens. Yeah. 
Dang, that'd hey, be crazy. I'd love it. Yeah, but that was the hot corner. I don't know. Swaff, our buddy, he's he's going to be a dad soon, so his takes are they haven't been the hottest lately. But we're going to get he's going to bounce back. I think that he's that that Tennessee one at the end yeah. is, is good. Yeah. So yeah, he's he, he's got a couple other big things on his plate right now, yeah. but he'll be frying up some hot, especially hot takes when the playoffs come around. Definitely later this season. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, but also. We'll wrap that up. I wanted to say congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. They won the World the Series. The World Series. That's very happy for the Braves. Yeah. You know, we got to get our, our baseball minute in. Yeah. Um, very happy that the dirty cheaters down in Houston lose. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see the Astros lose. I, I, I mean, I don't hate the Astros, but I was happy that the Braves won. Yeah. Good for the Braves to get a win. Um, it was pretty ugly. Obviously, in the 90s, when they go to five World Series and only end up winning one. So, hey, let's, yeah. get, another, let's get another W in and they the, did the it World for Series Hank. column for the Braves. They did it for Hank Aaron. For he Hank. he yeah. died this year, and there was they some kind of. Uh, it was some. 44. Yeah, it was 44. 44 everything. Yeah. 44th week. Yeah. Braves went 44, it was like ridiculous. And they won 44 yeah. after the break. It was. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it was weird. That was a cool stat. It, it was, was a uh, John F. Kennedy Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Same yeah. day, all same, same three like, names, names and yeah. jobs and everything. Yeah, one of those weird things. Who knows, man? Yeah. Um, real quick, we do have college basketball that's about to get into full swing this upcoming yes. week. So we will have college basketball and the NBA as football season. Is still kind of in full swing. We'll probably still be focusing mainly on that, but we might throw in a little basketball yeah. stuff here and there. And then once football season's over, obviously, we'll, we'll be uh, talking a lot of Grizzlies. Is what we'll be talking because okay. I mean, I don't know if any of the our pay dirt fans um, are big Grizzlies fans. I hope uh, hope you are, obviously. But John ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain specifically. Holy cow, this team looks good. The offense looks incredible. The defense looks bad, but that's okay. But they don't play defense in the NBA, so no, who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely hit some NBA. And it's going to be fun. College basketball will be fun, too. I love college basketball. It's great. Tons of just, like, upsets, crazy games always. Obviously, you got March Madness at the end. But, yeah, I mean, eventually we got to kind of trans- transition over to that because yeah. we can't just so, keep talking football. Hey, maybe a little, maybe a little Nashville basketball. Predators. Yeah, yeah. We can do a little Prince talk. Well, I, know, I know some guys that listen to it that are hockey fans, so we could do a little hockey too. Hey, oh, yeah, for maybe sure. we'll uh, bring in a couple of outside experts to uh, talk about some of these talk other sports. Talk a little puck, eh? Yeah, talk a little puck, eh? <laughs> no, yeah. We got a lot to talk about, man, sports. November is awesome because you got everything. Yeah, yeah, November and December are like perfect primetime yeah. sports. Last really week, we had all the major leagues playing the same like, yeah. yep. you know, week. Yep. Well, guys, I think that about wraps us up on this episode. Thanks again for listening. Uh, if you haven't, check out the web, check out the website, paydirtsports.blog. We actually just put out, Reese put out his top 10 uniforms of 2021 with some honorable mentions. Everyone loves cool uniforms. Yeah. yeah. Go check it out. You're going to want to, you're going to want to read it. Nothing else. Hey, we got pictures on there. So you can go look at all the cool uniforms. Yeah. See what Reese's opinion, opinions are on all of them. Uh, otherwise, go check out Twitter at paydirt underscore sports. Check out Instagram, at paydirt sports. Just one word, at paydirt sports. And we got a little something in the works maybe for y'all to maybe tune into. We'll, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. But we might have a little 
live live live, live action going on so that's that's all we'll say about it right now we'll see yeah. what happens and some so, merch is in the works too so yeah some of you passionate listeners that have made it this far in the pod you're getting a little sneak peek here merch and live action pay dirt two things coming up in the works yeah if you, also guys uh if you're interested to come on the show you want us to talk about some topics just dm us on one of our social media yeah. sites uh might let you leave a voicemail or call into the show sometime. We'd love to hear what y'all want us to talk about. But yeah, so I think that about does it for us, guys. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Sweet. Tighten up. Tighten up.